Hi, I'm Becca Otis from Five Lines Pottery in Monroe, Washington. And I'm Ryan Durbin from RD Ceramics located in Southgate, Kentucky. And welcome to Wheel Talk. Hey guys, we've loved answering all of your questions so far. If you'd like to hear your question on the podcast, please send them to us on Instagram at Wheel Talk Podcast or by email to wheeltalkpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks. Ah! Bam. Started. <laughs> Started. We're live, Becca. We're live. <laughs> I see you wearing your appropriately Wheel Talk branded podcast My sweatshirt. My branded merchandise. That's wrinkled as hell. Well, I just pulled it out. <laughs> I did my laundry at a friend's house, and you know what? It's and you still... left it in the washer overnight or something, no, or what? No, it's still in the. Uh, um, it's still <laughs> in the laundry basket. It's like still in the laundry basket, and the first load that I pulled out, there was so much stuff in there that it was all like damp. And this was. <laughs> oh my gosh! By the way, this was like a week ago, and uh, so I pulled it out, and I was like, "Wow, I think oh this is still wet." <laughs> Probably, it probably smells a little bit too. <laughs> smells a little fresh. It smells that happens, fine. That's what happens when I try to dry like five pair of jeans and one load along with all my other clothes. Right. Yeah. Oh. Uh, right. uh, you have some exciting news from today that you shared. What's the What's the scoop here, Becca? I got stickers. How many news? stickers do you get? Yeah, okay. that's the news, right? <laughs> Did you have any other news for me? Well, I had another <laughs> video that went viral on TikTok. Oh, gosh. Was it like, don't follow me from this video. No, get out of here. No, but those have gone viral. Um, No, it was the one with the PVC pipe. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah, like a million views. So That's crazy. So far. Well, I mean, plus it's also, yeah, like, very like, quick and easy to show. It's, like, cone up, cone down. Like, that's kind of mesmerizing as, as its own. And then you pull the pipe right. out, and you're like, bam, 10 seconds. Done. Yeah. Totally. All right. Um, so what about these stickers here? Oh, yes. So I got a bunch Get, of Put your phone down. Themes. What are you looking at? <laughs> what? You're I'm looking at a review. Oh, okay. Okay. I was, I mean, I, was, I got the review ready, but all right. Yeah, but you're going to read the question, and I want to okay, read Okay, okay, okay. You can pick out a fun review. All right, so what about these stickers? Sorry. Okay. So um, the stickers, uh, the stickers, I a lot of people have seen them, I think. I uh, <laughs> drew them on my iPad because I like went through this weird drawing phase, and uh, they're all pottery-related. Except for my van. But it's still pottery related because we all have to take a van to, you know, a lot of us do. Does the van have a name? Yeah, Stanley. No. Stanley. Not Stanley. Russell. I'm sorry. Stanley was my last one. Stanley's actually my Subaru. Um, The Stanley, the Subaru. This is Rusty, the Rust Bucket. (laughs) (laughs) no. Rusty. The, I thought you said Russell. It is Russell. Not Rusty. I'm not having a great day. So like, what's the I name here? Is it day, Russell or mental... Rusty or what? It's Russell, but I always mis- mix it up Mondays? with Rusty. It's Russell the Rust Bucket. And okay. um, and then my last van was the Big Lebowski, which I kind of wish that this van was the same. But uh, I digress. Um, 
that. So they're all yeah, pottery so, related stickers. Yeah, and, and we you're even got sell some. Them. Yeah, and we even got some for the podcast too. We got ones with yeah. our faces on them, so that you guys can support us if you want. And we also got one with our best review ever. <laughs> exactly. Stick that on something. That's, that's also on the sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we'll get those up on the website shortly for the Wheel Talk ones. That's on wheeltalkpodcast.com. Podcast. Yeah, right now the only thing in the shop is to make a donation, which is just cash, whatever. And somebody did make one of those. Thank you very much. Thank you. And told us it was super simple. So, uh, yeah. And then are yours going up on your website here shortly as well? Yes. You're I'm kinda, trying to figure out the shipping out right the now. Pricing and shipping and yeah. Yeah, I think the little ones are gonna be. Uh, oh, damn it, Deidre! Uh, I was gonna read your mom's. <laughs> She's done but like it's so long four that reviews. it'll be like five minutes or what? Yeah, I didn't notice <laughs> that it was hers. Um. But I'll still, I'm still gonna read it. Um. <laughs> uh so yeah so i think the little ones are gonna be like three dollars they're not huge which i actually like smallish stickers because you know everybody has really large stickers and it's like you you need smaller ones to fill in the spaces yeah they take up the real estate if they're too big right and also like the circle ones that are huge is like come on you know you can't like put anything near that um at least make it a fucking square um that's my that's my opinion (laughs) um yeah so anyway moving on uh review should i read your mom's or should i read a different one are we gonna talk about our date like did you you didn't even ask me about my day (laughs) you're mex you're missing with the flow here becca what what's going on in your brain i'm so sorry i've forgotten literally and moving on I forgot literally everything today. And and I'm just like, no, how was your day? (laughs) All right, I guess I'll tell you how my day was. How was your day? All right, so I was thrown off today because (laughs) I had a show that was Saturday and Sunday this weekend, which went really well. It was a really good show. I sold like $1,700-ish worth of stuff, which was really good. Wow. And, yeah, I'm just used to having a show on Saturday and then having Sunday to kind of reset and, like, get work done and get ready for, you know, Alex came over to help me in the studio today. So, yeah, like, getting stuff ready for her and then also getting ready for the week and, like, answering emails and stuff. So, I was, like, deep in non-work-related stuff for the first half of the day, which, like, set me off and then you feel guilty for not working the first half of the day. And you're like, but I got to eat something, but I got class later. So it's like, oh, geez. It's like, can we have an extra day this week between like Tuesday and Wednesday so we can like get stuff ready for pot swap this week? And Oh, yeah, my God. Lots yeah, of stuff it starts happening. this week. So busy day. And then I had class tonight and I finished my flasks that I started last week. Yeah. I made I made four flasks in six hours. So between wow. two classes, it took forever. I was and like, I don't why... know if I'm going to make these again for a while. <laughs> and that's why Tim said to never make flasks. I mean, they look really good. 
but... Did you make uh, them all stripey? I did not make them stripey. I did kind of the regular... I, like, metal ribbed it, and then I used some of the textured rollers, like MKM Tools makes, and, like, rolled those for the slabs that go on the bottom and the top. Nice. So... Those, those look pretty good. I think they'll look good when they come out. I think I might gift one or two of them, and then I'll have two extra. So we'll see. And then I was like, what would I even price these if I did sell them? Like, I would have to price it at least, like, 45 bucks. These things took me 45 minutes at least $100. to make. $100. Like, it's like, well, for, yeah, 45 bucks doesn't sound like anything no. compared to 45 minutes of work. One hundred dollars. <laughs> One hundred dollar flask. <laughs> That's nuts. So yeah, those were pretty fun, I guess, but it just took forever. So yeah, that was my night, and I had a Totino's before we met. So we both had pizza. Totino's for the win. Yeah, he had cardboard pizza, which is the best, and yeah, I had pretty good. pizza pizza. Pizza um, pizza. pizza. Pizza, pizza. Uh, pizza, pizza. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I think I'm losing my mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Something's going on up there. I don't know. Are you going to ask me how my day was? I already asked you about your stickers. I mean, what else? What? Okay, how was your day? It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like the stickers were the highlight of your day. Wait, Did you have some other highlights? Yeah. Over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um... I haven't thrown pinch pots in a long time. And for everybody that's screaming in their brains right now, no, you don't throw pinch pots. Um, those are my those are my um, small bowls, and I call them pinch pots because they're a pinch of this, pinch of that. And um, I had a wholesale order come through that for 150 He orders 150 every couple of months. And it's uh, been a blast throwing them because I throw them off the hump, and they've been so much fun. It's been a nice. good break. How many? Anyway, how many do you get per? Because you usually just throw the twenty-five pound bag of clay on the wheel, right? Yeah. How many do you get out of that? I get seventy to seventy-five. So the first bag I got seventy-five. The second bag I probably got like seventy-three, seventy-two, and then this last one I got seventy. So nice. Um, so did you yeah. have? You said you haven't made them in a while. So did you make like three whole bags worth just to get some restocked as well? Yeah, I, I got them because I'm gonna do mystery boxes for Christmas this year. Of all Ooh. of my stock, like all of my stock, like I'm glazing everything in the back room. And nice. yeah, we're going to have like, do you have a, a bunch of bisqueware that's just sitting around that you don't yeah. glaze? Yeah, I have a ton that just got, we, it was, some of it was supposed to be for Leavenworth this year and then I just never got to it. And then, so, and they're all like a lot of like little things too. So it's going to be perfect for mystery boxes. <sighs> so, um, so I'm gonna put those in the mystery boxes. That's a great idea. Yeah, I'm I feel really like excited. I need about to do it. a mystery box something or another this winter too. Yeah. Probably gonna have to be like early to mid December. I don't know. Right. Everything runs together that time of year. This so year I, maybe. I forget. I kind of want to put glitter in the mystery boxes so that when they open it, they get like a glitter bomb. Oh gosh, you need to like <laughs> put it inside of a pinch pot. So there's just yeah. like a bowl of glitter and then it's like wrapped in plastic. So it's like tight and compact and then they unwrap it and then it just falls out. Yeah. Anyway, that was my day. So any, moving on. Moving on. 
to the uh, review. So I don't know which ones we've actually. Which one were you gonna? I've read? got the. I mean, I've got the list of ones that we haven't read. Okay. It's, do you want me to read? No, just tell me the tell me the person who it was by. April Catherine. Okay. Titled Great Podcast. Not podcast. <coughs> um <laughs> Great <laughs> Great Podcast. Ryan and Becca are so real and funny. I love listening to them every week. I feel like I know them both, even though we've never met. They've motivated me to try to take my pottery up a notch and possibly even make a living at it someday. Thank you, guys. Hey, cool. Thanks. Thank you, April April. Catherine. Uh, Do you know April? No, I don't. Where are you? Are you It could be one of those where you know... It could be one of those where you know their Instagram name, but you don't know their, like, real name. Ah, yes. Anyway, well, thank you. Um, our Instagram, my, uh, not Instagram, our internet is kind of back and forth today, so. I'm blaming. We'll see how it goes. Oh, oh, you know what? I do have to add one thing that was really exciting that happened. Last night. I went to get burritos at 11 o'clock at night at this place in Everett that's open 24-7. And I got a huge <laughs> a huge thing of porchata, like huge. And I didn't finish it. And it was so cold last night that I left it in my car and it was perfect this morning. And that was... I don't know what that is. Is that like... Is that a taco? What, like a burrito? You don't know porchata? What, no. I don't know porchata. what that is. Porchata. Porchata. Rice milk. Porchata. It's like the rice milk with cinnamon drink that's like magical. No. I thought you meant a, a food. That's a drink? It's a drink. No, I've never heard of that. Well, we're going to fig- change that sometime soon. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway. I thought you were talking about like a burrito that you left in your car or no, something. But it's no, 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 horchata. no. Horchata. It, and it's like this amazing drink. And I left it in my car. And this morning when I got to it, it was still cold and perfect. And that was the highlight of my day. Nice. Okay. Shall we move on to the question? Sure. The listener <laughs> question, right? The listener Not question. Not the topic. Not All the right. topic question. All right. So I'm going to read this one. This one is from Robo Gumpy oh. on Instagram. Fun name. Robo Gumpy. All right. So it says, a bit personal, but for Ryan, when working with Clay... Do you compare your hourly wage to your day job or is it more of a paid hobby? So he's asking like, do I compare my hourly day job rate versus like what I want to be paid hourly for ceramics because it may make it trying to get more equal or something. Um, I do not because that would be very uh, sad panda if I did. (laughs) Um, I'm not going to do the math for you, but if you want to do the math on your own, I just did this the other day, but I get paid about 60 bucks an hour for the work that I do. And, um, yeah, when I teach, I get paid about 35 bucks an hour to teach ceramics. So that's, that gives me kind of a rate. I'd say for the ceramic stuff, I try to pay myself about like 30 bucks an hour ish or something like that. 
Um, but I, I don't get so into pricing myself that way because I'd rather just price it based on, I don't know, kind of like I pick up a, a mug price and then kind of range items based on how long it takes me to make those things in relation to a mug somewhat. Right. And then like, what's my market for the, um, the ceramics in my area or what people are willing to pay. And then can I keep up with the demand? So I'm more like supply and demand as well as like the market. So that's kind of how I price my stuff and price my time, I guess. <clears throat> but yeah, so that was the question. Thanks Robo Gumpy. Thank you, Robo Gumpy. Uh, side note, I just realized that the emoticons or whatever has a slow clap that looks like a really dull face, which I feel uh, it's a sarcastic <laughs> clap face. And I feel like that is needed on all platforms. And it's fantastic. But the slow, oh, why is it, why is it a dull face? That sounds like I'm not impressed versus like slow clap is like a buildup, like a anticipation. No, no, no. It's like, oh, fantastic. Oh, that's okay. the face. That's the thing. Okay, so that's what your that's what your reaction was to my answer. All right, gotcha. No, that's not what it was. I liked your answer <laughs> except for I didn't hear half of it because the. All internet. right. Um. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! All right, moving on. <laughs> We're just not in it today. I apologize. It's mostly she probably didn't me. even hear any of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh let's talk about what we're going to talk about. So we got an email from an individual who shall be nameless. Um, we wanted she wanted to be nameless uh, to to be uh, anonymous, and um, because what she's asking is something that I feel. Um, a lot of people are too scared to ask and talk about. So um, I think it was a very brave and awesome email, honestly, because I do feel like a lot of people will resonate with this, um, especially elder potters. And um, yeah, so I'm going to kind of like paraphrase her email a little bit and we'll get to it. And But first, I want you to say, I want to say that... Um, at the beginning, she says she wants to make sure that everybody knows that there are pr some pretty amazing potters out there and that there's, like, a ton of great work. So, so this is, this is, um, so please, like, keep in mind that she's a human and we all have questions and we all have thoughts and we, um, probably have all thought this at some point. So, here we go. Um, uh, she is wondering about, um... You know what? I'm just going to read it. I'm just going to read the, the, the like the question. Do you want to read the short part first and then you'll kind of expand The on first it. point? Yeah. So She's... The, I'll, okay. The, the first point is about is the market too saturated in yeah. ceramics? And then are there lots of people very new to ceramics that are selling? That was the starting point. And then Becca will go from there. Yeah. Are there... Um, yeah, and, and, and it also has to do with, like, so she's, like, she's wondering about uh, when people are starting out in ceramics, like, how long they should wait until they sell, because um, 
it seems that there's a lot of good, like there's a lot of new potters in the market and a lot of new potters are really great at marketing. So sometimes somebody that may not have the technological, like technical skills. Expertise. Expertise. The medium. Yeah. Are um, excelling at a rate because their marketing and branding are on point. And, but it doesn't necessarily match the quality of work. Um, and she says, of course, that's her opinion. Um, and, you know, uh, she mentions that when we all started out in pottery, we were kind of shitty. She doesn't say shitty. I said shitty. Um, we were all kind of like bad, which is true. We are. And, um, so kind of like, what is our opinion on people starting out and selling right at the beginning? And, um, uh, and then the second point that she had mentioned was, oh, this one's actually really good. And I'm just going to read this one. Um, why are so many of the new potters um, doing the same kind of trendy pots, like the same forms, the same glazes? Uh, you know, she it seems to be a little bit repetitive in the style. Um and, you know, a ton of people that do have those kind of same shapes and repetitive forms do have a, a, a number of followers. And it's it's confusing to her. So, did I do that okay? That, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I that's a lot to kind of unpack. All right, so where do we start? But, do we start with the simple... Yeah, let's, let's get to um, it. Can we talk about the second one first? Maybe the second one of the trendiness, or okay, are you there? We're delayed, aren't we, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, delayed. I don't know. Okay. Oh no, he he cut me out. Gosh. We are so delayed. <laughs> okay, well we might have to do are this we... a few times tonight. I don't know why tonight is so terrible. Maybe it's because it's so cold. We'll edit that out. Maybe. Or not. <laughs> okay, so let's start with the second. <laughs> Shit happens. And when you Let's said second part, were you talking about one? the trendy pots? Yeah. Yeah, that one. Okay. So, I mean, I do see a lot of similar forms. I'm, I think the trendiness comes from seeing other people getting a lot of engagement and excitement about the pieces that they're making, whether it's using uh, transfers and using bright drippy glazes on the tops and, you know, things like that, or, you know, doing a different, you know, slippy, drippy effect. And then Mm -hmm. you're, you know, you see they have success, they can make sales, there's a lot of people engaging with them, they get a lot of likes. Social media could be the big factor there. 
and they're just trying to find something that works and they get a lot of good response from it on their social so maybe they're like hey maybe i should go in this direction yeah but if you're really just proving the point that it's popular does that mean that you're really like finding what you like to make and what you could like find your own niche for right or how do you like make a make it a little bit different and make it more your own versus stumbling upon making a lot of different things that are different from other people or trying to be different and then like seeing how the engagement works yeah i feel like the i disagree a little bit i think that a lot of the new potters especially a lot of new pot new potters coming up are a different generation than maybe i don't know how old this person is but a lot of us you know like um there's a lot of gen zers coming up in the ranks and there's a lot of millennials and millennials um like let's let's take a trend for instance let's like let's stick to one trend um the white glaze trend right where you know your pottery is going to be more straight shaped with white glazes maybe a speckled stoneware um I feel like that is is not because to me it seems that it's it's not because other people are doing it and they see that it's selling. It's because that's what we're attracted to. Like I'm attracted to that kind of pottery. I um I love like the straight side white speckly glaze. Like that is something that is very attractive to me. There's it's very mm-hmm. like we have seen over the past couple of years you know the um the what the waco texas the like magnolia you know like a lot of farmhouse trends and that's like really coming up and that's you know that is something that's really popular and i think that a lot of it is not because they're copying the person next to them maybe it's because they see that person they're like oh my god i freaking love that and i want to make stuff like that But that just that just said the exact same thing you said. You see that other person making it, and then you're like, "I want to make that because it's appealing to me." How is that much different than what I said? Well, okay. Besides seeing that there was success in it, and people engaged with it, and people liked it, as in like an audience. Yeah, well I think yourself, that you're focusing, part of the audience in that point. I feel like you're maybe focusing on the audience, and I was focusing on like, "Hey, I really like this style. Like, this is the style that I." I like uh, identify with. But you're part of that audience when you see it. I suppose. I was thinking more specific designs that are more um, that you can see and you're like, okay, that looks like Alon Pottery right there Mm. because of the certain technique that's used. It's more specialized. Maybe it takes a little more to get to that end result, but it's not a speckled white glaze because there's so many people that have access to get that look with just a clay and a glaze that there's not as much technique and specialized learning that needs to go on to get to that end result. Right. And I think from what you were saying, it sounds more like the form and the colors are kind of the trendy part. Yeah. 
that could be more simplistic. Yeah. Which I can I can agree with that that's like, hey, I'm I'm drawn to that. Like the speckled clay with the white. Like that was the first thing that I loved about the speckled clay because it just looks so clean and nice and yeah. farmhouse and I knew it would appeal to like, you know, that twenties, thirties crowd that's getting some stuff in their home and they're kinda like like the shop at Kodako that has macrame and stuff. Like I knew it would work perfect for that kind of crowd. Right, because that's what they like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it kind of depends on what you're calling trendy too. Yeah, is that's that just? True. Yeah, because is it like trendy in the pottery world, or is it trendy in like the regular world? <laughs> because the, they're yeah, like pop culture stuff with you know sayings on it, or graphical stuff that's um, you know the office themed or Stranger Things themed or something like that, or um, I don't know, is that in that realm too, or I don't know. Yeah. Well, and also I think that, you know, we live in a, we live in a, yeah, like depending on the culture or the trend or whatever, but we, we live in this, especially with social media, as we've said, it's so, everything is so accessible and, um, you can pick and choose from what you kind of like want in your pieces, but I would say that, you know, nothing's original anymore. It's right. Like, like, what art is original anymore? It's all about, I mean, you always take something from something else and copy it. There's nothing that's a first, you know? Yeah, I agree. So, like... Can you, can you read the trendy part of the question again? Yeah. Is it, why are... Is it also why are they see why do you see them with so many followers as well? Uh yeah, why are there so many um potters with the same trendy pots, same form, same glaze? Um as as you're like looking through Instagram. She's talking specifically about the neutral, um, straight shaped pots with all the same kind of like shape. And how I they... think also some of that plays into some accounts look very clean and, you know, uh, put together scenes and the, like straight pots. And it's almost like reproducing something that looks factory made, but it's it's handmade. So it looks so mm. clean and like perfect that it's, you know, put together so nicely or it looks like it's slip cast or something like that or it is slip cast. But it's just very yeah. appealing and simple and minimal and yeah. I mean that it draws people in too because I personally love that style. Me personally, um, and I I wish that I could. I I kind of wish that I could do that type of style. But but uh, what I like um, to look at, I'm not necessarily good at making. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm not great at at making straight shaped pieces, um, but I love buying them and I like um, you know seeing them. And I think that uh, we have to remember that the market kind of chooses what is right. Yeah, what's popular and what's in demand and yeah. 
And I think that I'm learning um, over over time is that I don't really, it doesn't matter my opinion of people. <laughs> like sometimes when I see accounts and I'm like, how? How? How is that? And it, it could be pottery. It could be something completely different. But, but there's I'm, also a billion people that use Instagram. So many people. So many people. And... You know, it's like there's always somebody that will buy your stuff. Always. Right. Yeah. So I don't know if we know why there are so many new, like, uh, so many potters with the same trendy pots. But I think that, um, I mean. And also when you're starting out, aren't you working on simple forms? You're trying to understand how to yeah, make simple forms. That's true. Maybe that's a way to to go simple and then you can reproduce it and find a glaze that looks really nice with that clay like yep. maybe that's you know one of the early steps of just getting to a final product that looks really good right yeah and and i mean this kind of like stems into the first question of like um selling items that maybe aren't our best um but uh I think that, you know, any new potter can make a pretty damn good cylinder. You know, usually it's it's a simple shape and it's um and if that's what helps them get into selling and that's what they're wanting to do, then then that would make sense that that's what they're starting to sell. You know, apart right. from apart from the fact that they are incredibly popular. Um, and there's certain things you can't get from a photo. You can't tell the weight of a piece from a photo true. necessarily. I mean, it could yeah. look really light and pleasant and floating on the table, but you don't know if those walls are half an inch thick or yeah, like a quarter of an inch and they're super thin. Yeah. You don't know. Totally. I think, yeah. And I mean, yeah, I think what it also like really for me, what it boils down to is that if that's just straight up the style right now especially those type of pots is just that is what is in and any and that's female, one of the many things that are in because yeah. there's so many facets and yeah, different so many niches yeah. of what's popular yeah but like a lot of people that start pottery um see the people that do do those like more simple designs and they're like i freaking love that and i want to make that like i have tons of students that when they start making pottery, the only glaze they're going to use is white and they love it. And I love it. it. They look great, you know, and, um, and it, it helps them focus on the form too, right? They want, yeah, they need to have good form for absolutely. a simple white glaze to look good as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'm just trying to think about, like, if one of my friends was going to start doing pottery, like, if Andrew was going to start doing pottery, what would he make? He would make white pottery. Like, he would just, he would he would make exactly what um, is described here. And um, not because he could do something differently, just because that's what he likes. Right. Yeah. All right, shall we move back in time to question number, number one, one of that? Yeah, um, about branding and marketing. 
being the driving force of selling, even though maybe you are a newer potter or an inexperienced potter um, that has kind of found a, uh, an, uh, what is it, uh, found their, their people to sell to and yeah. how branding and marketing is working for them. I will say this, uh, before we even start, I saw this video of this lady and, uh, she was talking about this and how, um, uh, she was a sewer. She did clothes and people are like, I don't know if I want to do sell stuff. And she was basically like, you know what? Let the market decide. If they want you to be there, they'll be, you can be there. If they don't, then you're not going to be there. Like it is not up to us. It is not up to, um, the person next to you, um, to decide whether you are good enough. It is up to the person that's going to buy your pieces. Uh, with that being said, we as potters do have a responsibility to test our wares to make sure that they are food safe and of quality in that regard. What say you? How do you go about, I mean, what's the best way to go about finding out all like those things that make it quality? Like, is there a, you know, I feel like it's scattered, right? How do you know to ask about crazing or even what crazing is? Yeah, well, and that's, yeah, that is something, right? Because, like, I mean, the only way that people would know is by education. Like, what I guess what we're doing or, um, you know, I talk about this on my social media. And I know a lot of people do. Um, like, clay buddies and stuff. Like, what is crazing? Why is it bad? Or good or whatever. I think crazing is, is debatable. But, um, but, like, you know, how do you do food safety tests and stuff like that? Um, it would have to be through like educational sources or Facebook groups or something like that, you know? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It's and hard- also the customers don't have that expertise and knowledge of if something's wrong, they don't, they have less knowledge than you do as a maker. Right. So if so you don't you- know certain things, then, you know, they don't know where to ask. They think they're at fault for cert- certain things or if something's yeah. leaking, they don't know why it's leaking. They think that they what, weren't supposed to dishwash it or something like that. Right. So understanding the right ways to to combat that and, like, understand what's going on and troubleshoot it and, yeah, like, where to go from there is on you ultimately. Yeah, it's our responsibility as potters to make sure that we have pieces that are that are food safe and, and, and everything appropriate in that regard, absorption tests and all the things. Um, but other than that, other than that stuff, that's, that's up to the market to decide whether it should be successful or not. You know, I think that especially the older generation of potters, um, tends to get, Oh, I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say it. Um, I'll, I, cause I also suffer from this a little bit. We tend to get a little bit high and mighty about if somebody is being successful and they may not be technically qualified for that. And what I will say to that, as I've been learning, is tough shit. 
tough shit to you as the like to the person judging yeah to the person judging the other person um they're on their own journey and that journey may require they can't necessarily help how much in demand their stuff is or how yeah buyers react to their stuff yeah and and i think that you know what um we all go through struggles, and the struggles that somebody who maybe grows too fast is definitely different than somebody who maybe took a slower approach at the beginning and got those techniques in check. You know, um, like like when I wasn't even qualified to sell pots and Starbucks was like, hey, do you want to make pottery for our store? And I was like, sure. Like, I shouldn't have said yes. Yeah. Like, I would definitely did not have enough, like, good stuff. But you probably didn't know why you should say no. or Right. Like, what you were, you didn't know. Right. You don't know what you don't know, right? <laughs> exactly. And, but doing that, you know, being uh, in that situation sure as hell taught me stuff about what needed to happen. And, you know, we all go through different, like, if you grow really fast, you're going to have to learn really fast. And, and that is the, uh, I guess the disadvantage and the advantage of getting, uh, getting famous, quote unquote, like social media famous quickly. Yeah. One thing I was thinking about when you re asked the question that I'm, I don't know how pertinent it is and how, how much customers bring it up, but do customers bring up issues when they arise with the piece or do they silently say, Oh, well this didn't work out. Like I'm not going to buy from them again. Or do they bring it up and ask them and then say, this is happening is like what's going on. Mm. And then how do you react to that as a maker? Do you say, Oh, well I'm sorry, this happened. Um, There's a crack in the bottom or something or whatnot. And like, I can send you an exchange exchange it or send you a replacement or whatever like how do you handle that and then like do reviews factor into that Mm. like giving reviews about work can you give a subpar review on an etsy shop for something that didn't meet your expectations and how do you like nicely do that that's going to have a positive effect on the maker to make changes or improvements or refine their craft or like is some of that responsibility on the buyer as well it could be i mean how does that how does that happen if it's not silently like people are not going to buy from you again because they had a bad experience or right yeah i always want people to be like dude this is like something's wrong with this you know i would much rather somebody come to me and say something was messed up with my piece and so i can refund them or replace it um but i do think that it should happen on a uh, individual level i don't think it necessarily needs to be a review like for everyone to to see unless it was something that was continuous um or if you do have that situation happen you reach out one-on-one they they do give you a replacement or something yeah like could you give a review and mention that that was part of the situation but you appreciated their customer service and you gave them part of that is the rating so that it helped let people know how they handle themselves through customer service wise, even though something didn't meet your expectations. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. But like, how do you get a bad review from something? Is it like if it arrives broken and they just fly off the face of the earth and don't respond to you? Like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Do bad reviews help you in any case where it would kick your butt into gear and like do something? Or is it just a disgruntled customer that's a one off? I I mean, I would say that most of the time it's a a disgruntled customer, unless you're a horrible person and you just disregard every one of your customers but i would i haven't ever seen i mean i certainly not in the potter community have i ever seen any mention to somebody that was rude to their customers um but yeah i mean understanding why something happened and why there was a fault there like did you sort of know like oh and some of my pieces they're like if leaking happened because i i used to use a six to ten clay right and if the glaze didn't fit perfectly then there could be leaking and they would they might ask like hey if there's a a mug and i saw it was leaking what do i do about it and i could be like well i could send you a replacement that has a better glaze fit on the inside maybe i don't go into that specific with them but i can you know give them a replacement that um doesn't leak because i've tested it with you know hot water and making sure it didn't leak overnight or whatever but like handling it customer service wise and figuring out how to meet their needs versus like kind of putting it on them like it's their fault or their something, fault that for something that, yeah 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 i remember when i <laughs> now that i'm like thinking back back in time i remember when oh god when i was first starting i'm sure my clay positive my clay did not have uh like the absorption rate was it wasn't fully vitrified god no like ah the the amount i wish that people would like message me and be like i bought a mug four years ago i'd be like can i please replace it um or not Mm -hmm. four years ago but like a while ago and uh but i was thinking about how when I was working at Sherwin-Williams still, and my boss bought mugs, and, like, the handles just came off in the dishwasher. And he was like, is this... Oh, no. He was like, is this... How the hell did that happen? I still have no idea how it happened. Like, I don't know if something hit it in the dishwasher. Just popped off. But, like, there's a a fair chance that it could have popped off because it wasn't absorbing correctly, you know? Like, the absorption rate wasn't right. So, um... I mean that's a fair chance, and la- now that I like think about it, and I had I w- I had no idea, like I had no idea that that was even a thing, you know, back yeah. in the day because I wasn't. And taught I sold that. pots like that for my first and, two um, years of selling or something like that, because I didn't know anything about the six to ten range and the whole vitrification yeah. thing. Like I didn't know about that. So, and then when you do learn, it's like okay, now I'm going to shift away from that clay. I'm going to use this other clay, try it out, similar yeah. properties to what I had, and like slowly phase that out so like here's the question though here's the question though is that when is that an issue like is that an issue like we've all most of us have done it like most of us have sold pieces that we should not have sold um should we have not sold them at all like should we have not started selling at that point or was it good that we started selling because then we learned i think you only come around to find those answers by selling more stuff not from the customer but from 
asking questions to groups like Clay Buddies where you're having issues with something and they're like, well, what clay are you using? How are you firing it? What temperature are you firing to? Blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, you kind of self-educate and stumble upon things like vitrification and absorption and testing and things like that. People might stumble upon our podcast episode with Josh and talk about glazing and they had no idea about you know, pinholes and how they happen or something. So P.S. the more you're in this medium, the more you stumble upon things like this of something that could be an issue with how you're working today. Yeah. And then how you can fix it. Yeah. And also, if you do go back and listen to that episode with Josh, Joshua Heim, make sure you take a notebook. (laughs) Because you're going to need to take notes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, we need to have Josh on more. <laughs> I know. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, that I was I was thinking about that actually the last episode that I filmed. I was like, God, all of these times that I've done things that were wrong, but if I hadn't ever done them, would I have ever learned? And I think that only through trial and error do we actually learn anything. And un- And unfortunately and fortunately, that trial and error involves selling. like you can't you can only go to school for such a long time or learn something for such a long time you'll never pass the threshold if you just keep going to school you have to start selling and i think you have to it it gives you more of a attention to detail to know that you want it to be safe because it's going to be going outside of your home where you have no control over how it's used and all that stuff so you build a appreciation and attention to detail and pride in your work the more you sell. If you just stock up and you just have a bunch of stuff, why would you do an absorption test if you're just stocking it up in your basement? Exactly. Why do you care about that? Yeah. Unless you're getting it and like getting it out to customer's house. And also if you're not selling it, why would you be making tons of work for nothing? Yeah. Just for fun just and for fun. gifting it. And then, I mean. And I mean, people ask. People always ask. They're always going to be like, do you sell your pieces? Like, can I buy one? Can I? That's how it always starts. Mm-hmm. It always starts with you taking one pottery class and then your friend saying, can you make me a mug? I'll pay you for it. It always starts like that. Yeah. You know? Yep. And I don't think that we should. Well, we certainly don't have any authority to tell people not to sell you know yeah because people can do whatever the fuck they want yep way and is there any authority to um guide the noobs the newbies yeah what i mean what is that what is that body? What is that governing body? There's no governing body no of governing potters body. that tell people how they need to sell their stuff and what quality they had to be at. Right. You can sell it especially however you want, the, right? Especially how it's going to the ways of, do you need to go to college for this? Or do you need a right. degree for this? You can make it on your own in your spare time. Yeah. And learn... I mean, it's going to take more self-education. You're going to have to dig a little more to find the answers and understand 
some of these more uh, technical topics, but you can certainly go that route. Or people that just have a second wind late in their lives or second careers or whatever, they're just looking for something different. And they find pottery and they take classes and then they're learning, you know, they've got kids and all that. They don't have time to go back to school and learn all the very specific stuff. Right. And I mean, they could, but yeah, who's to say you can't sell to make extra money for your vacations. Totally. Well, (coughs) you know what this conversation reminds me of is the, uh, the keynote speaker at ClayCon West. Um, oh no. Coleman? What? Tom Coleman, yes. Tom Coleman? I just had a brain fart, yeah. Yeah, when Tom Coleman got up in front of everybody and was like, if your pieces are crazed, they're flawed. And he was like so... <laughs> so black and white about it? He was so it? black and white about it, and it was the most amazing thing ever. And I loved watching people exit that that um, that keynote. And the reaction of people was just so fantabulous. It was like either I think that's that's part of it. You you're you're either on one side or the other, or you you're like, okay, we're in a gray area and it it sparked conversation. That's part yeah. of like you don't want to go into a keynote and you're like, Yeah, I agree with everything. He put it so I love so it. down it the was middle so amazing. That, that I agreed with all of it and yeah. it didn't spark anything. It was like, Did you like that? Yeah, I liked it. It was good. He had good work and more like it started discussion and then you it start did. talking about those topics. It was so, great. Yeah. Like some people walked out of their keynote and were like, Ugh. like uh, he's saying that my work isn't up to par. And then other people came out and they were like, yeah. And, and like, but it did, <laughs> it totally sparked discussion. And I think that these types of questions that are really hard and um, like a little bit controversial, uh, are great because they do spark those questions and they do like we should probably say we should have said this at the beginning but we um are not judging anyone on their works we're not we don't yeah no i don't care what you make yeah. i mean i i like a variety of different yeah. people's work note whether they're the, new or more experienced like. right we have not said any potter's names today except for I think you mentioned it, Elon Pottery, but that was in regards to something else. But That was for a style, so yeah, somebody could picture specific. what that style was yeah. in their mind. We have not mentioned any names, so we are not talking about any people in specific. And I don't certainly don't have any people in specific that I'm thinking about. But, um, but yeah, so I think that these types of conversations do, like, maybe somebody that's a new potter is going to listen to this and be like, huh. I should probably think about doing a test on something or it might spark some some like you know internal thing saying maybe um I should look at my forms or my shapes or it, well those are the same things but you know my glazes and and like <laughs> mix things up a bit or whatever and that's great but if you all but if it also in your mind you're like oh okay and then it solidifies what you're doing in your mind. That's also great. Um, or if you're also making work that was heavily influenced by a certain maker. Yeah. And you're like, I really like that. So I'm going to make that. Like figure out maybe there's more experimenting you can do on your side. Yeah. To push beyond that. And what can set you different, set you apart 
from how they make their work. Like, even though it's heavily influenced, and you're like, I absolutely love their stuff, and I want to make that. How, how, what can you do different? Yeah, like, I think that we all... So it doesn't all... fall within that bucket of everybody else. Yeah, we know? all gather uh, influence from other people. But it is important, on a, on a different note, the same and different note, it is important to note that uh, the people that are influencers of, like, you know, pottery influencers have worked really hard to get to that state. Um, making their own style and then when we kind of create a style that is very similar uh it can uh it can look like you are copying somebody else so um just keep that in mind you know copying i I just i just like to always think back to like don't compare yourself to others as much and more compare yourself to yourself like are you making steps today that is pushing you forward from yesterday or did you you know are you are you pretty stagnant from where you were yesterday right did you grow at all and do you you like what you're doing somewhere yeah and like are you making pieces that are like in your style too i think that that's a really hard one for me because i don't necessarily love the style of I, i think that I don't know. I don't necessarily love the style of pottery that I make, but I've been doing it such a long time that it's just like, like, I wouldn't necessarily buy it. <laughs> I don't know if I would buy my pottery, you know? Um, Why would you buy your pottery, though? You're so entrenched in it that you're dulled to it a little bit. Probably. Right? I mean, probably. That's like, not going to spark your interest because you're so entrenched in Yeah, in but it even before, even before, like when I was selling like when i started selling pottery even even then i don't know if i would buy a mug that i make now because i would probably kind of gravitate towards the more simple more modern designs because that's my style like that's what i like around me is more modern designs even your dot line cups no i'd for sure buy those but um that's why i started doing them (laughs) but but you know uh I think it is important, though, that you, if you're making stuff, like learn from my mistakes, as we always say, um, make stuff that you would buy, too, you know, and like. So so question for you, have you made those dot or line things much recently or do they take a backseat to your other work or priorities or. No, I haven't made them in forever. (sighs) It's been a while. Uh, especially the super clean ones, like the super specifically clean ones. You know which ones I'm talking about? Like the ultra geometric? Yeah. Those ones I have With like the horizontal lines that go around the body of the mug. Yeah. And, those ones those. I haven't, I haven't made one like that in probably a year. Those are ones that you were charging like 75 bucks for a tumbler or something, right? Right. Yeah. They took a long time. Yeah. I know. I think that it's such a learning process, you know, especially it's like, uh, you know, it's like when you go to college and the ages of 20 to 25, you're learning like so much in life and you're finding out who you are and what your style is and like what you're going to be doing in your future and like if you're going to stick to that or not. And I feel like that's the same thing with pottery, except for it's between like year one and year three. 
It's like, hey, I'm finding out where I want to be, where I want to, like, where I want to nestle down and settle down in my pottery journey. Yeah. Right. I don't know if we actually ever answered any questions here. We just kind of had a discussion. <laughs> I don't know if... I mean, it... I think that's what it was for. I yeah, think it was for sparking discussion. I don't yeah. think it was... There wasn't really a question. It was more... Yeah. I no. mean, the initial questions were, is the market saturated? Oh, and then are there lots of people very new to ceramics that are selling? So do you think the market is too saturated? No, because I think there's a... How many people are on the earth? Like, I don't... So many. Billions of people, right? Yeah. I mean, just in America, there's like 300 million, right? Yeah. Something like that? I can tell you that the market is not too saturated. Yeah. The amount of people that don't know what a pottery wheel is called should give you an indication of that <laughs> are there so like do you cook that or do you like yeah i just do you i get spin that yeah yeah exactly you like, used to make this if we were too saturated if the if the pottery market was too saturated people would know what a pottery wheel was called but instead <laughs> they they call it all things in the world which is totally fine but like being on tiktok especially which is not saturated at all with pottery um it there's a market opportunity people oh yeah there definitely a market opportunity if you got the time there's to... i think that there's i want to say that there's between 30 and 45 potters like potters quality potters no not no well, i'm not gonna say quality or not quality but like people that are making pottery specifically for tiktok uh okay. yeah and like it's just, uh, or that I've found and I've searched, but, um, but. And just because you're an experienced good potter doesn't mean that you would do well on TikTok. Absolutely not. Because you have to be creative. You have to be. You know, yeah. You got to like do. Figure out ways to film and be interesting and personality and. Yeah. And so, but from that, I would say that definitely it's not oversaturated because Instagram might be a little bit. Instagram is saturated. I wouldn't say that it's oversaturated. But also you have to remember that if you are in the pottery world, then you are obviously going to be surrounded by the pottery in your social media. So all of my social media is, is pottery. So yeah, it makes it look like it's super saturated. But I still find new potters every day. And somebody that you know that may not have any connection to any potters may not see anything you know right they could be just super interested in home improvement and they yeah like or yeah like fashion or something like and that's all they see exactly our fashion and and lifestyle stuff and right yeah i would say like 85 percent of the people i follow or 90 percent of the people i follow are ceramics Right, so it does feel like to us it is oversaturated, but it's not. We live in a tiny little bubble, but there are, you know, like what, like Clay Buddies, they have, what, 35,000 members? And, yeah. which seems like so much. That seems like so many people. But there's so many people that aren't even on Facebook as well. Yeah. And that, you know, that, that don't even know what Clay Buddies is or you know, are new to ceramics and they don't know anything about clay buddies or, you know. Um, wait, uh, Facebook. Okay, there's 30,000 people, 35, we'll say 35, 35,000 people in clay buddies. 
okay, which is a Facebook play group. There are 2.7 billion people on Facebook. So with that ratio, it's, that sounds like nothing. Sounds like nothing. And so I just I do think that our perception of of what saturation is is definitely skewed just because we are within we're in the bubble. We're like we're rocking out within the pottery bubble. Yeah. And then the second part was are lots of people very new to ceramics that are selling? Are lots of people very new to ceramics selling? I think so. I do think that more new people are selling now than they were in the 70s or 80s or 90s. Or maybe not, but... but Because what were the avenues of selling right. at that time? I mean, It was you, probably in-person shows you... You needed you to invest. sold at a storefront or... Yeah. Like, there were more... Um, steps to go through to sell yeah at a show you need a tent you need tables you need a lot of equipment to sell and you need to file application yeah. if you're on instagram now and you need to sell you set up an etsy shop and sell or do a story you say sale. hey i'm interested in that and you're like yeah hey here's my paypal or venmo like gosh or which by the way um you should not be selling via venmo venmo is not an avenue for selling um, so make sure you're only buying food on Venmo for, just so you know, like you're only paying your friends, quote unquote, for food, quote unquote. Um, <laughs> um because Venmo is not an avenue for selling. <laughs> Ryan's looking at me. I'm smiling. Because <laughs> what I do on Instagram is when I get somebody that contacts me, I'm like, okay, blah, 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 blah. Payment can be made via PayPal at this address or Venmo at this address. <laughs> so I do get I do get sales every now and then through Venmo. I would say if it's not through Square or my website, it's probably PayPal for the most part. Yeah. But which PayPal collects fees if they do say it's for a service or goods or service right. or whatever. I'm surprised. And Cash App does too. Like you can do the Cash App through a service and they collect fees. Um, I'm surprised that Venmo I'm almost hasn't gotten thinking to that point. driving people to Square is probably the better option because it gets it in the bucket of my work and then I can like add what they bought exactly and then it puts it into my quantities for the year of what people are buying right and square has that new online checkout link which is phenomenal yeah it's great um but yeah over yeah i would say it's easier than ever to sell oh my it's so easy to sell and you know what good good yeah i think that's good i don't you know I'll tell you who the real, do you know who the real superheroes of the 2000s are? The people that have never had a social media account and are still selling pottery and just killing it. Those guys are Mm -hmm. the superheroes of, of the 2000s. Like, you know, I'm curious how they've gone through this year. Oh yeah. Seriously. Seriously. That, how they've adjusted this year yeah that's true i'm assuming those people probably sell mostly in-person shows yep but i could be wrong yeah um totally i think that also on like a 
like a, a guilt side. I definitely am one of those people that was like in pure frustration sometimes is like, why is this person selling? You know, like in my brain and I have to correct myself very frequently and be like, Becca, shut the fuck up. Like, stop it. Like, stop being that person. Like, they can do whatever they want. You know? Everybody can do whatever they want. Why Why do you get up in arms and why would you care and feel like it's worth your energy and effort to care about something that you have no right. control of? Well, I, yeah, I know. I think that it's, I think it's just human. I think it's our right. human nature to do that. And, um, but in turn, I have, in turn, I just try and encourage as many people as possible. That doesn't mean that we as, te- like, me as a pottery teacher, I have a lot of responsibility. Same with you. Uh, as a pottery teacher, we have responsibility to guide our students to take the appropriate actions before they do right. start selling. I think that that is, has, we didn't really talk about that. That um, I, We don't have the authority, but we do have a responsibility to educate. And it could be if you do see them at a show that they're selling next to you and just, you know, introduce yourself, tell them who you are, say, you know, say something about their work and like, happy to be there. Have you sold here before? I'm curious how the show is going to be and stuff like, like, be courteous, be nice to them, offer some encouragement. Like, hey, if you want to reach out and you have any questions, like, let me know. Yeah. If you have any questions, shoot. Yeah. I've had so many, ever since I started doing TikTok. I feel kind of like the old person in TikTok. There's like a few of us. Um, the old potter. Ever since I started, I've had a, a bunch of people come and ask me questions. And a lot of, some of the times I have no idea the answer. But like, you know, um, if you offer the opportunity, a lot of people will take that. Especially when they're local to you. Yeah. Like, there's a couple people. Um, there's a There's a few local people that... You know, you put yourself out there and you say, I like your stuff. If you have any questions, let me know. And like our friend Amruta, she's doing a, um, she's a painter and we've got a few of her pieces and she like started selling and she was interested in how I sell my stuff and how I keep track of everything. And yeah, like she shadowed me at a show and, you know, she was very appreciative and of my openness and like, here's everything that I know. If you have yeah. any questions, ask me and I'll tell you everything. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I don't know if that's lost on people that they don't expect that or they don't. But it gets really appreciated when you do offer Absolutely. knowledge and experience. Yeah. But that don't will save them time and experience to just like figure that out on their own while yeah. hitting their face on the pavement over and over and over without anywhere to go. But if they have yeah. Questions or... But don't give unsolicited advice. That's that is one thing. Giving unsolicited advice is is um, something that's hard not to do. But the only time that I feel like it is appropriate to give unsolicited advice is when it involves silica. <laughs> that's, that's that's the only time I'm like, uh, you could die. Okay, we're gonna talk to you about that. <laughs> you mean like when you see them standing in a Instagram story oh. and they're not wearing a mask yeah. or something, and you're like. Yo, where's your mask? Or yo, where's your, where's your water? Call them out. Call them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I um, I mean, you can still obviously be nice about it, but definitely, that's the only time that I'm just like, um, 
Can we? You wonder how much of that goes on where people don't respond because they assume that everybody else that knows that would respond. Yeah, and I would never do it. I don't do it publicly. I usually do it, you know, privately. Just hey, just yeah. You would like DM them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't need to be a. Jerk. Yeah, you're not like putting in their comments or something. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it in the comments once, only once, but I was really nice about it. Um. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I, in uh, Leavenworth, when I started doing Leavenworth, that's what I've loved so much about doing the show in Leavenworth is because it's like 20 of us or less and we're there every single week. There's been a lot of openness. Some people are not as open. Some people are, um, which is fine. Some people are a little bit pushy. Some people are not. And, uh, but... You're talking about other artists? Yeah, other artists. But we've... But I've learned so much from other artists, like, in that show. Just because we sit and talk about what we've done and, and how we're doing things and, like, give little advice or don't give little advice, you know. Um, give big advice. And most of those are all outside of the clay medium. Yeah, like... Correct. Yeah, they're not clay people at all. And so... Um, but I've really appreciated that sense that like sort of like, especially on selling and marketing and that stuff. I've, I've really community appreciated community and yeah. feedback as a group. Yeah. There's some people that, that d- you don't feel like you have to censor yourself or feel like you have to tread lightly as you. Yeah. It's gotten a little bit, or... a little bit more that you do have to tread a little bit lighter. Um, but just from, you know, I mean, after some people have been there for 20 years, they're, they say the same thing over and over again, but, um, but also, I don't know. I've always appreciated all the advice that has been given. Um, so that's been nice, but not everybody's like that too. Not everybody would appreciate the advice that's that a lot of that advice is unsolicited, but I just expect that. (laughs) I'm like, cool. (laughs) It's fine. You know, we're here. You can take it. That's the other thing. If somebody gives you unsolicited advice, you can either take it or you don't have to. You can say, cool, thanks. Or if you ask for the advice and they tell you something, you can take, take a little bitty nugget out of it. You don't yeah. have to take everything. Like, yeah, you don't just have to take any, the whole thing. anything that's that you learn or, I mean, not everything you learn, but if you ask for advice on something, like you don't have to take 100% of it and roll with it. Yeah. Just Yeah, you can just take a little bit. For sure. Faux show. All right. Anything else about this topic before we sign off? I don't think so. Do you have anything? Nope. I was worried. That yawn I was that yawn seals it. You were worried we weren't gonna get to an hour and fifteen minutes yeah, I with would... a delay of internet problems. Yeah, I don't know. It was a little. It is a little uh, um, s- scratchy at the beginning. I don't know the right word. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying our our buildup of the topic was scratchy, or like? Yeah, I did not just... do really well at explaining the topic. I felt. You should have just read the fucking thing. I know. I told Ryan he couldn't read the email because he's too blunt. And in the end, you should have just read the fucking email. I should have just read the fucking email. Um, 
I feel like I've unlocked the cussing, the cussing uh, door from Ryan. <laughs> I didn't hear any reaction from that last episode, honestly. That's, or the pot swap episode. That's because they're all used to me. <laughs> oh, well, it's late there and it's, I got to get back to work here. So, all right. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Check out wheeltalkpodcast.com for some new stickers that are coming your way. Stickers! I'm sure they'll be maybe live by the time this goes live. So uh, Hopefully. Yeah. Thank you, and we'll catch you next time. Later. Bye. <laughs> hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it, and we're having so much fun. If you want to follow us individually on Instagram, you totally can. Uh, Ryan's Instagram handle is at RD Ceramics, and mine is Five Lines Pottery. That's the number five. We would love to hear from you, and don't forget to write us a review on our podcast. We read every single one of them, and we totally appreciate them. They help us out an awful lot, and they also put smiles on our faces. I hope you guys continue to listen, and we love you. Thanks. Bye.